Skywatch, the novel, a look and read book by Derek Farmer. Chapter 5 The Poster Comes to Life. Auntie Amy, come quick! Dennis ran across the farmyard shouting. Something was wrong. An alarmed Amy appeared in the doorway. Whatever's the matter, boy? It's the goat, Dennis gasped. What about it? The garden! Dennis turned and raced back the way he'd come with Amy and Norman close behind. The vegetable garden lay in tatters. Somehow the goat had got loose in the night and had munched her way steadily through most of the plants. How did she get loose? said Norman. Accidents happen, sighed Amy. The rope must have broke, said Dennis. Luigi shook his head. Not break, he said. He was looking closely at the two ends. Knife! Somebody had cut through the rope. But before anyone could say anything else, Mr Jenkins arrived on his bike. He was waving an envelope. A letter here from Master Norman Starkey, he shouted out. Norman gave a whoop of excitement. A letter! It had to be from his mother. Norman was right. He read the letter through whilst Amy made Mr Jenkins a cup of tea. There wasn't much news. She'd moved into a one-bedroom flat, not far from the munitions factory where she worked. It was only tiny, but would do for the time being. There had been more bombing raids, but she was safe and well. That was all, apart from telling Norman to be good and not to get into trouble. Suddenly, Norman felt very lonely. All he could think about was his mother and home. He didn't even hear what Mr Jenkins had to say when he heard that the goat's rope had been cut. Could be sabotage, Mr Jenkins suggested. There are agents everywhere trying to ruin the war effort. Like spies, you mean? asked Polly. Her eyes sparkled with excitement. Saboteurs, spies, same difference, Mr Jenkins told her. Bad news. Norman was still in a world of his own. He didn't even notice Luigi walk past the window, but Mr Jenkins did. Good job I managed to get you some help, he smiled at Amy. You was it, said Amy. So that's why Luigi had been sent to help. Mr Jenkins had organised it. Good worker, is he? he asked. He'll do till my boy gets back from the army. Jenkins finished his tea and picked up his cap. Remember, he told Polly and Dennis, keep your eyes peeled for strangers. Anybody acting suspicious? That sort of thing. We are to win, said Polly. Jenkins looked across at Norman. He hadn't said a single word since he opened his letter. 
Everything all right at home, Norman? Jenkins asked. Norman just stood up and walked outside. Jenkins turned to Amy. Oh, that's not like Norman. Something must be wrong. Amy shook her head. Just needs some time on his own, she said. Norman sat on the wall by the vegetable garden, watching Luigi. Luigi was doing his best to save as many plants as he could. Polly's going to show me the eye out. You come in. Dennis had come looking for Norman, but Norman didn't want company. He got off the wall. You go, he told Dennis. I'm going to go for a walk by the river. Norman wandered off towards the road. Luigi watched him go. He not good today? he asked Dennis. I think he's missing home, said Dennis. Luigi nodded. Ah, yes, he said. Luigi also. Because of the war, lots of people were missing home. It was wash day at Westbourne Hall, so Mary was working harder than ever. Water had to be heated and tipped into a tub. Then washing was put in and pounded up and down with a wooden paddle to get all the dirt out. Finally, it was squeezed between the heavy rollers of a mangle to get rid of the water and hung on the line to dry. It would take all day, and already Mary felt worn out. Still, there was one good thing about it. Being in the wash house meant that Millington didn't keep poking her nose in all the time. Mary lifted a sopping wet sheet out of the water and fed it between the rollers. It wasn't easy. Want any help? A voice called out from behind. Mary looked around in alarm. Polly and Dennis were standing in the doorway. Norman sat by the river, reading his letter for the tenth time. He didn't hear the footsteps behind him. A hand grasped his shoulder. Norman twisted around. A soldier was towering above him. A soldier in the uniform of an American GI. Norman jumped to his feet. It's okay, said the GI. Nothing to be afraid of. I'm Mike Jansen. I'm from the US base, a few miles down the road. Norman just stared at him. Looking for the best place to fish, Mike explained. I thought you might know. Norman shook his head. His letter had dropped to the ground. Mike Johnson knelt down to pick it up. That's mine, Norman held out his hand for the letter. Sure, said Mike. He handed the letter to Norman. Then his hand went to his pocket and pulled out a pack of gum. You like gum? he asked. Dennis was helping with the washing. They wouldn't starve me, he said as he turned the mangle's handle. I'll pinch some food when they weren't looking. Mary was telling Dennis and Polly how she was being treated by Miss Millington. What about Granger? asked Polly. What's he like? Horrible, said Mary. We think he's a spy, said Dennis. A spy? Mary repeated. And we're going to catch him, Polly told her. Do you want to help us? Mary nodded. She'd do anything at all to get her own back on Granger and Millington. But how could they do it? Even meeting Polly, Dennis and Norman without Granger and Millington finding out was going to be difficult. We've got a hideout said Dennis proudly. 
Polly and Dennis told Mary about the greenhouse. We can meet there, said Polly. Do you want to see it now? Mary thought for a moment. Leaving the wash house was a risk, but if she was going to get her own back on Millington and Granger, she was going to have to start taking some risks. All right, she said, but we'll have to be quick. Mary ran to the door, then turned back. There was a look of panic on her face. What is it? said Polly. It's Millington, Mary whispered. And she's coming this way. Just loosen your wrists a little. Mike Johnson was teaching Norman how to fish. Norman was staring across the river at the float bobbing in the water. Already the homesickness was forgotten. I guess it's not easy for any of us, Mike said. Before this war, I was never more than 20 miles away from home. Now look at me. There was a ripple of water near the float. Make the most of it. That's what my old man told me, Mike smiled. And that's what I aim to do. You know what I mean? Norman nodded. He knew what Mike meant, but he was concentrating too hard to speak. Suddenly, the float dipped down. Mike jumped to his feet. Hey! he shouted. I think we made a catch! Millington stood in the doorway of the wash house. What's going on here then? she snapped. Mary looked around in alarm, as though Millington had taken her completely by surprise. Millington stared at Mary. She thought she'd heard voices as she came across the yard. But Mary was on her own. There was washing everywhere. This should be finished by now, Millington told her. What have you been doing? Mary opened her mouth to speak, but before she could say anything, Millington had turned on her heel. Don't bother to explain, she said over her shoulder. Just get on with it. Millington's footsteps crossed the yard back to the house. It's all right now, Mary hissed. The lid of one of the laundry baskets lifted and Polly and Norman jumped out. That was close, said Polly. You'd better go, Mary told them. What about the hideout? asked Polly. Mary wasn't worried about the hideout. She'd find her herself once she could get away. It's all right, she told Polly. Please go before Millington comes back. Mary checked outside and gave Polly and Norman the all clear. They slipped out of the door and across the yard. A few minutes later, they were hurrying through the woods. They had almost reached the road when they came face to face with a young woman. It was hard to say who was more surprised. They stared at each other in silence. Then the young woman spoke. I was trying to get to the house, she said. I saw it through the trees. I thought I might be able to get some help there. I'm, I'm hopelessly lost. Lost? Polly repeated. There was something familiar about the woman. Polly felt that she'd seen her somewhere. My bike is back on the road, the woman told them. Perhaps you can help by pointing me in the right direction. Polly nodded. She was too excited to speak. 
she just remembered where she'd seen the woman. I think I've seen her before, Dennis said as the woman made her way back across the road. You have, Polly agreed. So have I. It's the woman from the spy poster. Dennis's jaw dropped open. Now, he remembered, Polly was right. It was just as though the spy poster had come to life. The young woman was climbing onto her bicycle. She had a small haversack on her back. Over one shoulder she had a camera and over the other was a pair of binoculars. Just the things spies needed. All these country lanes look the same to me, the woman was saying. It's like being in a foreign land. There aren't even any signposts around. She was right. The signposts had been taken down to make it more difficult for the Germans if they invaded. Polly nodded. They've taken them away to fool spies, she said. Well, it certainly works, the woman replied. Now, perhaps you can tell me the way to Ombersley Childernham. She pronounced the name of a nearby village all wrong. Polly corrected her and gave the woman a series of directions. Thank you, the woman said. That's very helpful. She was eager to get going, but Polly hadn't finished. That's a nice camera, she said. It's a Leica, the woman replied. I take a lot of photographs. And she pedalled off down the lane. She needn't have hurried. Polly had sent her the wrong way. In ten minutes, she would be hopelessly lost again. Polly and Dennis raced back to Wells Farm to tell Norman. An American Forces Jeep was parked in the farmyard. A Jeep, said Dennis. What's a Jeep doing here? They soon found out. Mike Johnson was walking down the path with Norman and Amy right behind him. Hey, he called out. You must be Polly and Dennis, am I right? Norman told me all about you. Polly and Dennis just stared. This is Lieutenant Johnson, Amy announced. Mike, just call me Mike. Polly and Dennis were puzzled. What was the GI doing here? They looked to Norman for help. He just held up a tiny fish on the end of a line. I caught a fish, he grinned. And before I go, said Mike, I'm going to take a picture of it. And everybody else too. Mike pulled a camera from his pocket and lined up everybody in front of the jeep. The shutter clicked. I'll get this developed and bring you a copy over, he said. Suddenly, Polly found her voice. That's a nice camera, she told Mike. Mike looked surprised. Oh, it's just a Kodak, he said. Nothing much. Is a Leica a good camera? Polly asked. Mike smiled. Oh, the best. But I wouldn't use one right now. It's German. From that moment, any doubts about the woman in the woods being a spy disappeared from Polly's mind. I'd say a German camera settles it.
she told Norman that night as they were doing the washing up. And there's a poster, added Dennis. Polly nodded. She looked just like it, didn't she, Dennis? Like two peas in a pod, Dennis agreed. Norman thought about it. There certainly seemed to be plenty of evidence. Perhaps there were two spies, Granger and the woman. Anyway, I sent her the wrong way, Polly said proudly. She's probably still lost now. There was a knock at the door. Polly hurried to answer it. But who could it be at this time of night? Polly stepped back in shock. The spy woman was glaring at her. You! she snarled. I want to speak to you, madam. Bye.